This is a main hustle media podcast. Welcome to Blurred Comics, the podcast about blackness and blurred shit from a couple of mixed black blurds. I am your host, this, no, you're the hostess. I'm the host with the most, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said host this, but today I would be Black Dwarf because I I, I liked seeing his big ass back out there. He's, he's, he's just big for no reason. You know what I'm saying? Thanos (laughs) is whatever he is, but uh, yeah, I'm the Black Dwarf today. And I am... Iron Man. Iron Man. And today <laughs> we are we're probably going to be joined again by Q, but he's on his way home from work. He just pulled like a 16-hour day followed by a very quick turnaround and had him back at work at 6. So, after a 12-hour day, we'll see if we get him back. But we're also joined by my hub, Professor Tree, who we talk about often on the show, but we've never he's never been a part of it. Professor yep. Tree, why don't you tell everybody who you are? I'm Tree, a.k.a. Little Sap, a.k.a. Tony Bark, the true believer. <laughs> and here to talk to y'all about uh, Infinity Wars, <laughs> the branching theory of time. <laughs> What's up, I'm, Professor? I'm sensing a theme. The this issue. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we have all seen Infin- uh, Infinity, Infinity Game. Uh, we have all seen <laughs> Endgame, and Tree and I have seen it four times. Including including a a really lucky set of Dolby tickets that popped up yesterday. Uh, The last two tickets in in a decent row, and we got them and and head out there hella quick. So, and you've seen it once. You're gonna see it again in a couple of days. What is your first? What was your first reaction to to the movie? That shit was amazing. No, for real. Like it it like it was three hours that just went by quick. It did, right? it was it hit points that I didn't know needed to be hit, and then it was just it was just uh um satisfying, you know what I'm saying satisfying like it 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 made all of my wants and needs and everything that i you know you go into this movie, you're thinking, okay, well, he has to hit they have to hit this, 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 this. It did, you know what I'm saying, and I I feel as though it hit all of those those little you know all the spots that it needed to. Um, it was hitting on all cylinders, and yeah, it was it was it was a good movie. I don't I didn't see much to talk shit about. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there was like you know there were little things that they that they nodded to. There were you know other things that they you know that they explained really easily that could have been convoluted but it was it was it was good it was really good 
I, it's funny that you said you, there was things that you didn't even know you needed or wanted because I felt that same way. And of course, this is going to be a spoiler-filled review, so if you ain't seen it yet, um, it's already been a week. What's wrong with you? Um, right. But there were times, and, and Trick can attest to it, where I screamed and right. like it which is not normally my thing like there's times when like in our little huddle i'm like yes or something like that but i just like outright screamed over the crowd i did not know i needed some of the shots that we got to see and i like i bawled my eyes out i'm not even embarrassed to admit how often i cried and you know how i am about admitting yeah, emotion and stuff i cried she like cried, she cried incredible <laughs> hope gave ant-man two tacos <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was emotional. Like <laughs> I was hella emotional. Um, yeah, I was so like there were so many things, and we'll get into some of those scenes that really that really um, fucked me up and stuff like that. But, babe, what about you? What what was your reaction? Oh, I mean, my initial reaction was just I loved it. Of course, the time travel immediately was interesting to me. But, uh, man, when Captain America gets that fucking hammer and he gets mm-hmm. money, I was just like, oh. And now he's he, he fucking pulling down lightning out the sky and shit. I was and like, he's, yeah. he's running Molnir combos right off the bat. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> hits his shield and makes that blast that pop. Uh, yeah. Everything. I, I, I mean, I, I love the whole movie. I, after four viewings, even though I got a lot to say about the time travel, I still love the movie. I like the in particular cap uh, wielding Mjolnir. Like I know it happens in the books and stuff, and I assumed we were gonna see it in the MCU. But when it happened, I did. Like I said, I did not know I needed to see it. I fucking screamed so loud. I was so excited. That was that was exactly what happened to me. That was you know because you know because you're you're kind of like you're edging up like oh shit hold on and then you just see that shit happen to and it, it was so. It was one of those things that nobody said shit. Nobody even, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't even know it was going to happen. They leaked that two years ago. Like, or they leaked it during the filming of Infinity War and Endgame together. And I forgot. I Like, I remember now after seeing it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they did leak it. But I forgot. Wow. And I could just enjoy the moment. But, yeah, he he was the little kid that you, you know, you have at the house and y'all playing Mortal Kombat and shit. And the motherfucker say, I've never played this game before. And you give him the, the controller. <laughs> then that motherfucker do the, you know, the super duper uh, uh, combo. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was, it, it's like, you know, it was all gravy, you know? Yeah, it was crazy. So the movie opens up and it's 22 days after the events of the snapping. And the 22 days is significant. Why? Because of twenty-two movies in the MCU, that's your that's your first Jesus. Easter egg. That's the first awesome. Easter egg, and and we open up on skinny ass Tony who's been wasting away. Oh no, we actually are opening up on on Tony and uh, Nebula kind of playing, right? No, no, no. We open on Hawkeye. God, see, I don't even give a fuck about <laughs> Hawkeye. I do not care. What was funny about this scene is like we're sitting there like, oh, all these motherfuckers about to get dust. His whole family. And everybody in the audience seemed blown away by it. <laughs> Just like, oh my God, they're all dusting. You're like, really? It's so family. hilarious. After four viewings, every time we have gone, somebody gasps when a little girl Hawkeye disappears. And you're just like, really? 
multiple people. (laughs) Half the audience of the first one. Right. The The first one, everybody's like. The third time we watched it, there was some callous motherfuckers in there. Or they knew or they'd seen because they didn't seem to give a shit. But the first two, they were blown away. Yeah, it was hilarious. And every time it's funny to hear people like, oh my gosh, his whole family. And then the I don't remember if it was the first viewing or the second viewing. Tree leans over to me. He goes, well, he he he's he not that much of a hot guy. He missed, he missed all that happen. Like he didn't see it happen. And okay, so we go, we flip from there. We go next to Tony and Nebula in the Milano. So they're, they're playing that little folded paper football game or whatever. And it's funny because even that like brief little scene, you start to see Nebula become a little bit and a little bit more, I mean, not human, but personable, yeah. I guess, through it. And, and it's, it's kind of, it's, it was like, for some reason, it cracks me up every time she says, I had fun, like in the yeah. least sounding like she had fun kind of way ever. And then we see skinny, we see, we see Tony kind of, rotten away and he leaves his message to pepper which he knows he's hopefully she's gonna get because that's calls back to iron man 3 when she gets the message that he's still alive and inside the one she just puts on the helmet so she he hopes he's gonna get to her some kind of way um and then we get into the captain marvel dropping him off Oh yeah, we missed all of that yesterday, huh? Uh, Captain Marvel dropping them, finding the the M- Milano and dropping them off on Earth. A lot of people have problems with this scene because they don't understand why Captain Marvel found the ship. That's the thing that yeah, a lot of people were saying like, well, that's bullshit because why would she just know? And then you know, it was what I think happens there. You know, and I know we talked about our theories on the previous show where it's like the the call to rocket and all this other kind of stuff. But what I think actually happens is at the end of Captain Marvel, you see the pager. You know, the 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 Avengers are sitting there looking at the pager, trying to figure out what this what this indicates, and understands that it's something that belongs to Nick. And then Captain Marvel pops up, and she's like, "Where's Nick?" So what I think happens is that scene happens. And they have a discussion and either Rocket tells them, you know, I have a beacon on the ship or they because they don't actually know he goes to Titan. Unless unless Wong is still unsnapped and he tells them they were beamed up in the ship, then maybe the assumption is they went to Titan. Who knows? I don't know. Whatever reason, Captain Marvel finds the the Milano and flies them to Earth just in the nick of time because they're oxygen and food sources. And the food, by the way, is entirely Thor's fault. That Tony almost dies on that ship because right. he scoops all their food in um, in Infinity War into Quill's backpack and steals that yeah. shit. And he's a hearty motherfucker. He don't seem to need to eat that often to be taking all that food away from them. He was basically dooming them if they were going to be on that ship any length of time. Yeah, he he got a uh, he got metabolisms. <laughs> So so they get to Earth, and then, you know, that's how we find out that, like, then Cap and Iron Man have their little altercation of of not, you know, you weren't there for me when I needed you, now everybody's fucked, I'm not gonna help you, blah, 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 and then we jump to five years later where Cap is hosting what I, I, I can't figure out if this is his job or if he is also an attendant at the support group. Usually, I mean, usually that's what they do. Is that you know you're in there with them because you've gone through the same shit. It's kind of like um, it's weird because you 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 see that in a lot of a lot of shows, and I don't know if it's if it's true to life, but you see where they come in and they meet somebody and they're like, I you know I don't I I just don't do it in these kind of settings. I can't really yeah. talk. And then they're like, you know, you come and sit down. <laughs> just you know, if you don't want to, you know. And then all of a sudden, they become that person to another person. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, or whatever. 
Yeah, so, so that I was think, probably what it was. Uh, so a couple things that happen in this scene that's significant in terms of Marvel is Joe Russo has a cameo because he ha- always has a cameo in everything he does uh, as uh, the first gay character, openly gay character in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I care one way or the other about him doing that. If it, like if he's doing it and because he's not gay, so if he's doing it and he inserts himself, it's like all right, sure, you could have put a gay person there, but whatever. But the other awesome thing is, do you know what else happens in that scene? What else happens? Or who else? Who else is there? Who is? Jim Starlin, the creator of Thanos. He is one of the other attendants oh, in the scene. Shit. He's the one that is bald headed and has like that earring on his ear and he asks him, What did you say? What did you do next? When he talks to Joe Russo about what he did do during right, his date. Right. That's the creator of Thanos. Oh snap. Literally. <laughs> oh snap. I'm gonna call you I'm gonna call you the Easter bunny. Girl, that's your name right here because you, you dropping knowledge. I got I got I don't have all there's you like two hundred and ninety Easter eggs. Some of them I picked up on my own some of them I discovered by, you know, doing my little research or whatever. Now, when they do Easter eggs, is it in the script at all times or do they just be like, hey, let's do this. Hey, let's do this. You know what I mean? Like, do they have a person? I imagine on... it's a mixed bag because you figure there's somebody who's just like, you know, the, the fans would really like this if we did this. And then mm-hmm. there's some things mm-hmm. that just kind of pop up like organically in the thing, you right. know, and we'll talk about it later. But when Iron Man says, I am Iron Man in the first Iron Man, that's an ad lib thing that ended up staying in the movie. They didn't have that in the script of Endgame, but oh, okay. they oh. were on set and they were like, you know, what would be the best way to close this moment out? Why don't you say I am Iron Man? And so they tried it out and that ends up being the cut that they use. So should have said, okay. Okay. You should have said, I am Groot. <laughs> <laughs> but. But mean yeah, Iron right. Man in group. So yeah, so I some of them I caught. There's definitely references all the way throughout that if you if you're any kind of a fan, I, like I think there's some things that you can catch if you're just kind of a I like these movies person. But if you're a comic book fan and the MCU is like giving you life, I think there's a lot of stuff you'll pick up on in just terms of lines and shit like that. So now we moving on to the intergalactic security council that Black Widow is somehow the head of, which is awesome. She takes on, you know, she was mentored by Nick Fury, and five years later, she just uh, she's the one out there kind of doing the things. If nobody does it, who? If no one else does it, who? Why not me? Kind of a thing. And she's basically trying to make sure. It sounds like she's so obsessed with what happened that she's trying to keep everybody alive at all costs around the entire universe. So she's got her little clan out there. She's got Rocket right. and Nebula out in space. She's got Captain Marvel out in space. She's got War Machine looking for uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Hawkeye. And who else was in that image? Oh, Okoye. And Okoye teases. Who does Okoye tease? Namor. Yeah, she does. So she happens to mention that there's earthquakes underneath the African continent, which is hinting at one of Black Panther's on and off enemies, Namor. Is is okay? That's what I was gonna say. So because they they're kind of like at each other, right? Yeah, they they have a cantankerous relationship. Is he, I, I've always thought that okay. So who came first, Namor or fucking uh, Aquaman? I think Namor did, right? I think Namor comes first. Yeah. Okay, just wanted to know. So, so yeah, they and I don't and to be honest, I don't know if like Namor and Black Panther ever team up because I know Namor is sometimes an Avenger, as is Black Panther. But um, but yeah, they definitely have a cantankerous relationship, so they could be te- they could be teasing him for the next 
enemy for an enemy for Black Panther anyway. The other thing is you remember in I think it's Iron Man 2 when you see the map on Tony's screens and and it does show us uh, the circle dot on top of Wakanda as long and and other places on Earth where there's been some sort of power surge or some energy radiating that's telling us something else is going on there. Right. They have Wakanda lit up and that's Iron Man 2. Blink and you miss it. You don't even realize they're prepping us for it. But also they have Atlantis lit up. Okay. I did not know that until I was doing research post-watching Endgame. Once I realized, and Brandon's the one who pointed it out to me about Namor, then I went back and saw that freeze frame and I was like, oh shit, Atlantis is there. Right. So, so yeah, they're there. So even though they didn't give us an end scene or tell us what direction things are going, it looks like they're at least teasing or setting up Black Panther 2 because we do know that that's happening. We do. All right, so we got there. And then did you catch the little extra moment between Captain Marvel and War Machine before they leave the hologram cards? No, say that one more time. So before they leave the hologram cards, Captain uh, everybody's leaving, and Captain right. Marvel looks over at War Machine and she says, "Be careful out there," and she lingers to look for a second before she bounces. I think they're teasing a Iron Patriot and Captain Marvel romance, like they have in the current run of books. Okay, okay, oh, once... okay. Yeah, no, I see. I, I, I know about that, but I see that. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I I was I wondered if that happened the first time we watched it. It took the second time to watch it for me to pick it up, for for me to make to feel confident that that's what that moment was. Right. She was like, "Be careful, boo." <laughs> like, okay, know. girl. And I know there's a lot of people who don't love it. You know, they don't love that. And like book wise, they don't love that Rhodey and Carol are a thing. And Carol right. seems to be really driving home the, like, let's push LGBTQ plus characters in the Marvel universe. And, you know, she teased at her and Valkyrie, but that was like, that was, that was her responding to the internet. I don't need Carol to be a lesbian. She could date Rhodey or not date Rhodey. I don't care. But you know me, I don't need dating in the MCU. You, if it's, yeah, I was going to say, you know, you, you good with that. Like if it's part of their, if it's part of their core like you don't have vision without scarlet witch like the two of them are linked so having them together without having to like necessarily show us how they fell in love that's fine mm. but the yeah. two of them are linked um you never have like i i don't necessarily want to see gene and and scott without wolverine kind of complicating things for them because they have this three-way relationship kind of mm -hmm, a thing mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff can just exist in the world in the mcu and that's fine right. but like i don't need to watch people fall in love in the in the in the comic book movies and then we get we get oh i, I haven't been talking about ant-man but ant-man has been kind of here and there through showing us what happens to him and you get your first of the russo brothers you know russo brothers like to tease other things that they um have done so you get the first appearance of a, of a person that they worked with before ken jong was the mustachioed security guard <laughs> in the in the ant-man scene and we're waiting for him to have a moment and he's just silent and got his mustache and he's just posed in the background and right. whatever he's just like, hey Put me in, coach. Yeah, I'm put ready me to in. Just say two words. I mean, shit, I'd do it too if I could just be in an MCU movie that didn't end up on the cutting room floor. I take it, but but both Ken and Yvette Nicole Brown, all you know, both of them were on Community. The Russo brothers directed some episodes of Community, so that's why they got those jobs, which is cute. And now we're on the. So we got through. Oh. We didn't even talk about the first ten minutes. Oh, so this was what happens. I'm all over the place. I apologize. <laughs> So 
we are about to go to the very first show, the 620 show, the first show that we're available on Thursday, opening day. I'm, I left work early to go pick up Tree from work. What happens to Tree at work? One of my students just calls me over, and I walk over to him, and he just goes, Thanos dies in the first 15 minutes. Oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, not kidding you. Just fucking out of fail. Where? Fail. It's fucking just fucking rude. Like, it's not like it was a week later. It's the day. It's opening day. Yeah. So fucked up. And then Tree Cape with Secret, he told me that a, a student has told him something that happens in the first 15 minutes, but he didn't tell me what so that I wouldn't be ruined by it. But basically, once he saw it coming, it was like, oh shit, this is really going to happen. Man, see? Because Tree kept that shit in because he real. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, he knows Most, I would have been upset, but he wouldn't have wanted to hurt me like that. You know, right, like this kid yeah. is just some some people just want to watch the world burn. Some men just want to watch the world burn. It's going to tell, <laughs> going to reveal something like that. And it, I don't mean, I don't know how it really affected. I mean, I mean, you see what happens. So, it, it you know, yeah. it didn't, it didn't. I, You know what I thought was going to happen was like, I, I thought. The, the way they were going to do it was like show the end and then show how we got there. And so I was oh, like, like okay. a flashback. Yeah. Like we, we've killed him, but how did we get to this point? Oh, I see. That's not, but what I loved is that like this entire year I've been saying, I've been saying, what can you possibly do? If I'm Thanos, tell me what you do. Here's what I do. I take the motherfucking power stone. And I destroy the time stone. Now, what are you going to do? You can't right. do and then I show myself. Now, because right. my mission's done. So I thought they're going to have to come up with some crazy shit to, to get out of that. And mm-hmm. then they just fucking did that. And I was like, yes, that's fucking great. That's exactly yeah. what I was right. done. That's one of right. the things we talk about is like Thanos, of most of the characters, he's like super duper consistent. Yeah. He has a mission. Nothing's getting in the way in the mission, including the what he loves the most. Mission fulfilled. He's he's not one of those people that are so arrogant that he would have kept the stones just because he likes the power. He had a right. mission. Mission was done. done. He done. didn't want it to be open for any chance that, that someone would undo what he wanted to do, so he destroyed the stones. Consistent as fuck. Yep. And he didn't even fear that he was about to die either. Right. No, he knew that shit. He knew that shit, and it, it, and it was... It was perfect to me. That, and I'm so, that's what I'm saying. It's like that shit was perfect at the start too, because it was like, bruh, I did what I had to fucking do, and that was my intention all along. So therefore, like, if you if if you're supposed to go somewhere and do something, you get rid of all the evidence so nobody can redo it or undo it or whatever. Yeah. Boom. You don't need nothing else. And he's it just, is what it is. He's just living like Shrek in the in the swamp in his little garden world that he created. Yep. And and Hard he's chilling. Pickles. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, and that, and that explained the whole, he used them again, you know, and everybody was like, what the fuck? Why would he use them again? But because you feel, you find out, right? There's a few lines that I kind of hate in that, in that situation. Like, I hate the, after Widow says he used the stones again, Banner goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. If we go in, we'll be going in empty handed. Oh, it's. Nigga, it's you've totally been empty handed. Sure. You ain't done. Yeah. And yeah, you sure had it for real. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh yeah, shorthanded. Like yeah, whole... you've been shorthanded. <laughs> but the whole, the whole, ever since was it Q that said that shit, or was it Brandon that was like that, that because that the whole conversation was kind of choppy as fuck. It was Mike, Mike half of it, so, Mike. Okay, yeah, because it was choppy because it was like okay, that wasn't a reply to that, or, or okay, that wasn't a you know, but 
once they find his ass and then, you know, all that shit happens. And then Thor was kind of consistent, too. Like, he was like, well, fuck it. I'm here. I should have done this shit before. Fuck it. And, you know, I I know a lot of people didn't like the shit that he was fat and all that shit. I loved it. You know, I, I liked it because it was like he really dealt with being a fucking like he the failure the he's a regular fucking person thor's like the most tragic character to me of everybody like everybody he loves primarily like if you don't count jane because we don't really know what happened to jane everybody he loves dies pre-snap so he's not getting anybody back but he's still so worthy he's gonna try to right the wrong at all costs and loses and gets a chance to redeem himself and loses basically again. And so anything that happens to him after that makes complete sense to me. He's right. he's not the kind of dude that's probably going to off himself, so he's just going to wallow and and right. and right, right. regret like just like like just swimming in this regret and like I I feel like, you know, on a lot smaller scale, I have an understanding of this because I when I went through something that didn't work out in in my career, and spent like 18 months unemployed, I wallowed. <laughs> like I didn't, it took a long time until I got my ship together and started doing stuff again. You know, like that's a human thing to happen. And he's doing it on this insane scale where half the universe just got blipped out. So like, I love, I, I mean, I do wish that when he, in the final battle, when he thored up that he could have like gotten back to his, you know, Fight, right. fighting form or whatever, but also there's to consequences fight. to failure, you know, and that's his right. consequence. He's fighting, he's fighting but that, with extra but skin. That motherfucker showed up though. That motherfucker showed up when it was really needed after the after the fact. He showed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, yeah, no, that's the that's the thing is I I, I liked it because it fucking showed a god can feel as low at, to him as low as a human, and his whole shit, like you said, everybody's fucking gone for him everybody this is real that's like real shit so when and and you were talking about how like you were crying and you know like tree was messing with you saying (laughs) that you was crying and shit look the part that had me fucked up was when he went when he and rocket go back and they see the fucking mom could you imagine being able to see because me and my mom are super close you know what i'm saying and so just knowing like he could see oh shit this is the day my mom dies i can because you could you could see he was dealing with a battle right there. Yeah, I could change that shit right now, which would change. You know what I mean? Because we're in a different time. You know, it could change. Blah blah blah. Whatever, right? Yeah. But then and then when she looked at him like, look, you aren't here to change the fucking you know my future. my future, You're which here. is such you know? a dope line. Like she like that just makes her such a good character. She's just like, listen, you're you're dealing with your thing. Whatever happens for me happens for me. Right, like just right. to, I love it but yeah like he dealt with some real shit I, I don't think people are giving him a, enough credit for everything he went through and and just being like but because that's the thing about Thor that everybody keeps getting wrong he is not a god he is a super duper powerful being that humans miss cor- <laughs> correctly identified and so they've adopted it and and even Odin tries to correct this a couple times. He's like, but, you know, go ahead and we'll, we're just going to call ourselves God. But 
we're not gods. We're just super powerful people. So they're giving him, they're putting a standard on him that he couldn't be a failure. And he is, but he's he's such a great character because he fails and he finds a way back. And I love, I just love that. I love Thor. I, and I think Chris Helmsworth has made Thor something really special. Like we all just right. watched through almost all of the MCU movies over the last couple of weeks. And even Dark World, which isn't, you know, it's one, not one of the best movies in the MCU. He he's consistent. Like even though he becomes mm-hmm. more funny over the movies over time, and now he's right. this like comic comedy version of it. He's mm-hmm. really consistent. Like he's an honorable dude who is also just a regular guy who, even when he fails, keeps trying. Something happens. He'll keep he'll keep trying. And I really right. I really love him. Right. It's yeah. I liked what they did. I know. I, I hate when. I, I and I really think that people out there that really have issues are just like issues with things. I think they're really there are a lot of people, like you said, there are a lot of people that want to see the world burn. There are a lot of contrarian motherfuckers out there that are just out there like, you know, I didn't really like it. It didn't didn't work for me. Like, shut the fuck up. If you like all the other movies and then you get to this movie and this shit was as well put together as the one that it, that, that we saw and you don't like it, something's fucking wrong with you. <laughs> or, you're just, or you're just fucking playing. You know what I mean? Don't, yeah. don't play like that. Because even like after the first watching, I had some nitpicky things that I had issues with. And then also I knew that the time travel was kind of fucked up, but I knew that Tree would have that in hand. He would take care of it and explain it so that it would make sense. But at the same time, we like we're about to get, we're about to get there. But <laughs> at the same time, me being the fan, the MCU fan that I am, I was just like, I'm gonna go ahead and let that one, you know, whatever I don't understand, I'm gonna chalk it up to that's above my pay grade, and I'm just gonna enjoy everything that I got to experience. And because there was times, like I'm not kidding, there was times I was full on weeping, the like heavy grief level weeping. Where I was actually happy in the moment, but I was so touched by what I was seeing that I was just like, (gasps) you know, and even last (laughs) night when we saw it like fourth time, still buckets, just crying buckets. Like there's so many moments. There's some moments that don't touch me as much now because I've seen it so close together multiple times, but there's some that you can't, you can't pass up. And so like the first viewing when Ant-Man sees his grown ass daughter and he says, you're so big. That kind of got me in my throat a little bit the first right. time. It doesn't really, I don't care anymore. But then, you know, and it's kind of like, I know it sounds like a joke, but I'm not unsure I wasn't choked up by Hulk giving tacos to Ant-Man. <laughs> I just, I, I'm not, I, what did you just say? Said, that was a super triple <laughs> negative. I'm not, wasn't. I'm not entirely sure I wasn't choked up by that. Like it like I do remember going, Oh, he's so cute. Like Hulk is so fucking cute. Do you want to do time travel or do you want to do Professor Hulk first? I never like Professor Hulk. Okay, because yeah, because Blur Vision uh, Professor Hulk was something he was really he was really hoping to see. And you got to see it. So how did you feel when you saw him pop up? I you know what I liked him. And I like because like if you had to put a character together that was me, that's me. You know what I'm saying? Like overly big, but fucking. You know what I mean? Like when I'm out at the at the softball field and all the little kids run up to me and I'm throwing them in the air and shit, and all the kids is like, you know, coach out. You know what I'm saying? They're jumping and shit, and then like they want to take a picture with me and shit. That's that's me. You know what I mean? Like, nice cat, you and know what even I mean? I that kind of like sweet goofiness. Yeah, you thing, know. I think you got like Professor Hulk is probably the first time that's like yeah i could see i could totally see that it, that i could totally see that so so there's that 
That was cute. Yeah, he was adorable. Like, he was, and they did such a good job. Like, there's no point at which Professor Hulk does not look good or it doesn't look like he's being, like, people are looking at him. Like, whatever. He's done so well. Even his teeth, like, they still got those janky-ass Ruffalo teeth in there. They didn't straighten them or fix them or anything. It's so good. Like, his little bend that he does to his mouth when he talks. the side of his mouth. I was wondering, I was like, is that? No, because that's him. That's That's straight up Ruffalo. Yeah. Yeah. Those artists did such a good job. And then just the, like, you could even still feel the chemistry between Widow and Hulk in the scene where they're pushing time through Lang. And she, like, looks at him like, you can't joke with him or whatever. Like, even that looks like real-life people flirting right there. But he's a digital creature. Like, it, it, they just did right. such a good job. I really love the Professor Hulk character. Tree does have a feeling about Professor Hulk a little bit. What do you mean? You said that you agree with Valkyrie that you like, you think you might prefer him either of the other ways. Oh, I do. I do just fucking love how dumb Hulk is, man. <laughs> <laughs> dumb ass character. I mean, you're not going to get a moment like big monster ever again, right? I mean, you kind of do, like, you get a smarter version of it, which is, I consider that an absolute win, even though it was a complete failure in terms of what they were trying to do. It's going to be funny. I I like him. Um, I just also like the, you know, the giant rage monster. That shit's funny. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Because, I mean, it was was cool to see him as Professor, Professor Hope, but then also... I hate stairs. You know what I mean? Like that shit. Like yeah. get fuck out my way. Cause I, and that's kind of, I mean, I am sometimes I could be anger baby. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> you know, I, I get that way, but I think that, but that's, but that's the professor hope because look, even when, when old girl just like boom, pushed his ass out of there, he was still that like, when he, you know, it was still his like ghost or whatever, a soul or whatever. You could see he was like, when he was pleading with her and shit. And it was like, he wasn't this like, Give me that shit or I'll fucking, you know what I mean? I'll break you in half. So he kind of understands how to balance it and who to, who to go out with the rage and not go out with the rage. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to become fucking Professor Hope because I sometimes forget, like when I get angry, I have to understand who I'm getting angry with. Or how to deal with, can, should I be manipulative? <laughs> should I be, you know what I'm saying? Or should I just, you know, be condescending? Or should I, you know what I mean? Sometimes I gotta I gotta figure my anger out, you know what I mean? So The next con we can cosplay Professor Hulk. Like, I also, I love say. him in his, like, velour sw- sweatsuits and shit. Like, because <laughs> there's not a whole lot of clothes that they could get for someone his, that big. And they had, like, an Italian mafia velour sweatsuit. I could be all that. I already got the hands. I got everything, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Looking around that room, like, I got the green. Oh, I got, yeah, man. <laughs> I got all that shit. All right, so let's get into the time travel. So I think, um, so there's, two, we get we get information from Hulk first. So there's Ant-Man and them are going off about, why don't we just go off back into the past and then choke Thanos out when he's a baby. And, um, <laughs> and Hulk You says, can totally hear what sounds like a garrote and leather or something like that when he does his little... They did a sound effect there. They had a sound right, effect there. Right. So he says, I don't, I don't know why everybody believes that, but it's not true. Think about it. If you travel to the past, the past becomes your future, and your former present becomes the past, which can't now be changed by your new future. The basic idea, I took this to mean that you couldn't change the past 
and you can't change the future. But what they really want, I think, is that you just can't change the future with the things you do in the past, which is kind of weird because they bring time stones forward. Right. So then you get later, you get the ancient one talking and she says the infinity stones create what you experience as the flow of time. And so, so there's been, there's a question of philosophy of space and time or in time Mm -hmm. is how do we account for what's known as the becoming of time? How do we account for what feels like the flow of time? Like this moment seems different than the next. And we seem to be headed sort of down river on time. Um, but, She's just wrong in this comment. She says it creates what you experience as the flow of time. But Thanos destroys all the infinity stones. So we shouldn't have experienced it anymore. Yeah, and yet we still see the characters experiencing time. So maybe what she means is maybe how you could take it is they're responsible for creating it, but maybe not sustaining the flow of time. Um, Right. So it still continues. Um, So then what's the construct... Like did, but at at some point, like I like I always feel like at some point, you know, I always be like, all right, if you go back in time and you change something, it's still like I always feel as though whatever you changed or you took out would still eventually happen. So somebody is going to, if you are talking about the the the, the naturally, you know, the things that happen in the flow of time, wouldn't there still be? Because you know how everybody was like. Time is a is not real. It's our own construct of it. So wouldn't we at some point, because our brains would work in that in that realm, to still construct time to for us to understand it in itself? Does that make sense? Mm, <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure. So I, I okay. think, just uh, just talking. <laughs> okay, I just didn't quite understand the question. You can ask it again. Like what? Like okay. So you're saying in in time? Well, you do. I, I'll think about it. Don't don't trip. Don't trip. I got. I, I'll get back to it. <laughs> Professor Holt got to think sometimes. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know it, it it can depend on what your view of time is. I think a lot of people reject the idea that we are the ones constructing time in any way. There have been some champions of that type of view. Right. Um, Kant believed that not that we construct time, but that it was like a precondition on us being able to experience the world at all. We had to experience it through time. So we kind of come to the world born with this type of concept that, that helps uh, helps us evaluate the world. Um, gotcha, gotcha. But most people think that time is independent of us in some way. Um, right, right, right. So you, that's what I'm saying. Like time is, is time is really like what we, like we've made a clock, right? We made time in a sense that we understand what a minute is still just the flow of time, right? We could have made minutes 50 seconds or we could have made minutes a hundred seconds, right? It right, is so in the construct of what we believe it. That part is a construction. How we, how we've decided to divide this up mm-hmm. is construction, right? We've decided. Right that a minute is 60 seconds and, and seconds, we've done that part. But um, but still, the world changes. It changes. And that, that change is not dependent on us in any way, right? Okay, gotcha. And so uh, I think we have taken, we have taken cyclical changes or periodic changes and employed them to help us understand the world better and 
help us get a grip of time. But clocks aren't actually measuring time in any any sense. Well, maybe they're measuring like change in some way, but like normal things, like take a scale, right? You get a you get a right. massive object, you put it on a scale, mm-hmm. and then you get a reading. You put something on that thing, or like um, a graduated cylinder, you fill it up with a liquid, right? It gets to a point, and you measure the liquid, but there's nothing being poured into clocks, right? Right. Why okay. Clock move. Well, it's running on a battery or electricity. It's not time that's actually flowing through clocks. What? Okay. <laughs> so there, that like uh, trying to understand what time is is probably take us pretty far afield. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but it does. I can offer some like structures that might be helpful for us down the road. Mm-hmm. But so the ancient one says, if you remove one stone, the flow splits. And so this is, and, and during this, right, we see this scene where there's this this glowing orange strip that's supposed to be time, and then she removes a stone, and there's this, like, dark uh, split that passes off, right? right? And so I took her really there to be saying, when you take out a time stone, you generate a split branch reality. That's what I thought she was saying. But her real concern was that when you take out a stone, you remove a potential weapon that we could use to fight the arm, the forces of darkness, especially the time stone, right, for her. Okay. That was her main concern. And, and listening to their dialogue last night in, in a previous nights she already seems to be indicating that they are in a split reality right now a different reality than the one that hulk came from she says in my reality not so much Mm -hmm, says in this new branch reality without our chief weapon against the forces of darkness our world would be run over and millions would suffer right so she's the thinking of herself as on a branched reality separate from what i call the mcu timeline the main mcu timeline that's everything we've seen so far the 22 movies right right we haven't seen any branched realities but but now that's our that's sort of our first indicator that there are these things that and the fact that joe russo came out yesterday to say that it is alternate realities right so that was the when when I heard that, that I had already had an interpretation of the movie, which I'll share with you guys. But knowing that, that their full intention is to have split realities, then I revamped it. So the movie is actually consistent with two different theories of what's going on. So let me let me first explain like what any theory needs to solve, because there's a lot of puzzles in this in this movie that have to be resolved. Mm-hmm. So the first is the grandfather paradox. Nebula seems to kill a younger version of herself. Well, in the grandfather paradox, it says, look, you can't go back in time and kill your grandfather before he makes your mom or dad. And let's say he didn't like freeze sperm or anything like that, right? Right. Um, Because if you killed him, you would never be alive to become you to then travel back in time to To kill kill you. Yeah, right. So so Nebula, a younger version of Nebula, seems to get killed by an older version of Nebula. 
but that looks like the grandfather paradox. And it happens with pretty much the entire Thanos attack force. They have all already existed in the past, grown up to become old Thanos and, you know, so right. they can't now be killed as young versions of them uh, without some explanation. So that's the first big and really the main thing that needs to be solved. The PIM and time GPS for Thanos attack force, that needs to be solved. Like, how do they get the PIM particles? Um, where did they get the time GPS for the Thanos attack for force? For the ship, yeah. Yeah. And then you get all these these things, these interferences that look like inconsistencies with our timeline, with the MCU timeline, the main okay. line. You yeah. get Loki using the Tesseract. He disappears. Like, what the fuck? Quill right, we're, yeah. I wrote what, what was that last part? Uh, Quill gets knocked out by Rhodey. Right, right. Thor speaking with uh, Frega, his mom. Um, and all these other type of seeming interferences. All the, and, need to either be explained or explained away in some way. Yeah, because I had that question. Like, okay, so you... Okay, you knocked out Rhodey, or Rhodey knocked out Quill. So yeah. did the whole fucking movie not happen? But then when they took it and they put it back, that's when he then goes and gets it, and then the move. Then that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a couple. Okay. Of stories. I'm, gonna, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna tell you two different stories that have that that can explain what's going on. Okay. Okay. Um, the other big thing is that Captain America brings the stones back as stones, but the space stone that is taken as a tesseract, it's in a box, right? But when he goes back, it's it's just the stone. The stone itself. The mind stone looks like a scepter. The power stone is in the orb. All of those things need to be explained. Molnir and the baseball glove that Hawkeye brings back, they all need to be explained or explained away. And then a big one. Captain Shield gets destroyed by Thanos, and yet old Captain gives Sam a shield. So where did this shield come from? This needs to be explained. And then Captain's life with Peggy also needs to be explained. So we got a lot of problems. So two stories. Well, the f I'll tell you the first one that I had because initially I thought that alternate realities were only being generated by taking out time stones. And since they put all the time stones back, all we had was one MCU timeline. So I thought all of this was just one timeline. So um, here's how you can tell here's how you can tell that story, right? So in 2014, Thanos and his army, so this is in um, Morag, right? They capture 2023 Nebula. They learn about the plot to undo Thanos' destiny. They synthesize some pin particles. You, there's a scene where Thanos is holding the pin particles. Right. We can imagine that him and his minions synthesize some pin particles and create a time GPS from Nebula 2023's mind somehow. Because, okay. she heard, because she heard the explanation from Iron Man? And so they can then yeah. go back and see, okay. And something like that. She seems pretty smart. She also has like hardware in her brain. So seems like she could have figured out. Like we see her 
insert her fingers into the thing. I don't know what information she can gain. I kind of view her as like, I don't know, R2-D2 can just download information or something. Right. That's basically what it is. Like she, she's, she's like a walking network hub and she can just kind of use her hand to import and all kinds of things. You see it in Guardians yeah. um, as well. Because over time, he he destroyed her, but built her back up with with machine. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. So the 2014 Nebula impersonates Nebula and travels to 2023. The Hulk brings all the lost people back in the snapping, right? So he snaps his fingers and brings everybody back. Right. Thanos arrives in 2023 at about this time. And then a big-ass fight happens, and Tony Stark gets a hold of all the Infinity Stones. Now, during this fight, we see 2023 Nebula kill her younger 2014 Nebula. So this potentially is the grandfather paradox, right? Right. She doesn't vanish. 2023 Nebula doesn't vanish from existence like Back to the Future, nor did she kill an alternate Nebula. She kills her previous self. There's only one timeline on this version. So this is typically taken to be logically impossible but strictly speaking it is logically possible if we are also in a world where resurrection is possible this is this is something um kadri vivalin i think this is the first time i heard it right in her paper uh what time travelers cannot do so right. if you're in a world where resurrection is possible you go back and kill your grandfather he resurrects and then has you in the normal way well we just saw that the Hulk brings about resurrection. He just snapped all those people back into existence. Okay. You get it? So I right. he gets the stones and snap. But what does it snap to? It does two things. First, it kills all the baddies and possibly Gamora that are in 2023. Second, it resurrects all those baddies in the past at 2014 at Morag, where they were originally. And then with the Mind Stone, presumably, it also eliminates their knowledge of the 2023 Nebula and, and the plot to undo the snapping. So they then, from that point on, just go about trying to fulfill Thanos' destiny just the way they did, just the way we saw them do over the course of those 22 uh, movies. Got it. So this does leave the past unchanged. The nice thing about this story is it is actually Thanos, a previous version of Thanos, a previous time Thanos, and not an alternate reality Thanos. But the downfall of this story is that you're resurrecting him in the past, too, which Iron Man would have had to do and known he would have had to do if there is just one time. So now now you've got all these other things. So that takes care of the, the grandfather paradox stuff. But there's all this other shit. It gets really messy, too. So now Captain takes the Infinity Stones and Mjolnir. So this is a, this, I'm, a, I'm telling you just like, this is a story. This okay. part you could probably work out in a million different ways, some way more plausible, but this is just a go at it. So this is to try and explain like why Loki disappeared and all that other shit. So I would say he first goes to the Ancient One and he gives her the Time Stone and then asks for her help in returning the other stones and, and fixing some things. She agrees. Somehow she creates a Tesseract, a Power Stone shell, and the Scepter so that now the Space Stone actually looks like the Tesseract again because it's going to have to look exactly like it was. Uh, she jumps... Captain through space and time returning the Tesseract moments after Stark takes it. Captain meets Hydra on the next floor 
and gives it back to them and says there's been another change of plans. Yeah. <laughs> they go to Morag, they return the stone uh, and Quill's little thief tool and they see him lying on the ground and then she uses the time stone to reverse entropy there so that it just basically rewinds Quill so that he's back to his dancing self. And then it, then they start him up again just dancing. So he won't remember getting hit. He won't have the bruise from getting hit. The same way Thanos rewound um, Vision from being destroyed, that's the idea here. With me? Okay. Yeah, no, no. So, okay. So let me ask you this. Yeah. So when he... But see, what I don't understand is then why would he have to do all that shit? If he goes back to when, you know, when Tony got to meet his dad or got to see his dad and 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 that's when they took it that time, mm -hmm. why would he then have to go back and take it after that? Because then you're putting it, you're inserting it back into where it was before. So therefore, everything that happens after that would be just like it happened. Right, because you wouldn't then have to go back and do the fight in New York because that happens after the fact, and Loki was already taken, and then the stones. So, so let's walk through. Like, remember, we're imagining that this is all just one timeline. Okay. Right, because I initially took her to be saying that timelines only branch when there's an infinity stone taken from that world. So that's what I thought. So I thought, oh, we have to explain all this. And it also felt like Hulk was saying, you can't change the past and you can't change the future. These are all set. That meant that the world had to be what we would call like an eternalist B-theory sort of view of time. That means... There's no past, there's no present, there's no future. There's just the relations of before and after. And time is just like, imagine it just like a big block. Imagine like a movie reel, but no projector is on. Okay? Right, right. So everything that happens has to, uh, everything that happens in the past, just it has to occur exactly the other way. So if we're following what happens chronologically, in 1970, Tony Stark and Captain America pop into existence from their time machine, right. right? They take a Tesseract out of there, and and moments later, a Captain America pops into existence and puts a Tesseract back. So the people involved, uh, so essentially the timeline is, well, it, it that's the timeline. Right. Right. And so we can okay. explain why Tony Stark's dad was able to work on the Tesseract. The only thing they would need to explain is why this, why the, like, the bolts got cut. <laughs> Something like right. that. Right, right, right. On the locking mechanism. Because he was, he was putting back the, the time, he's putting back the Tesseract as well as the, the other that was there at the same time. Remember that? Or no, no, that's where they got the pin particles. My bad, my bad, my bad. Right. So they would have to replace the pin particles too, actually. Which is you a think? little messed up because... Well, now they have pin back, right? I guess. Yeah. Actually, Tom, uh, Captain America would have to replace the pin particles on this view. This is... This, this, side, this view, this story is a little messier 
but right. you can get it to work out where there's just one timeline. So the rest of it would be um, you need to explain Loki. So one way you could do this is just have have the ancient one help Loki find or help Captain America find Loki. They beat his ass. They take the fucking Tesseract from him. And then she opens up portals and just drops the Tesseract and Loki. Remember when they say, where'd Loki and where's the Tesseract? You just open up portals right there and he drops through them. Um, Where the, the Tesseract and him pop through. That's not clean to my mind because it seems like um, Tony Stark would see them. You could you could also just do it later, uh, right, right? But not too much later, right? Because we legit see um, Loki and Thor turn the little thing on the Tesseract to take them back to Asgard. So that needs to be explained, and I don't have I don't have a super good way to do that, but something to that effect. And then. The shield, um, the shield. I think the shield is best handled by saying that that Captain America has T'Challa build him another one, and and then has it just like delivered to a certain location. So the problem with that, though, is from the visuals you actually see in the movie, the the shield that Cap is carrying around throughout the whole movie is the more recent shield where there's no grooves inside the star. But the right. shield he brings back to Sam is the Captain America First Avenger shield that has grooves in each leg of the star. So each leg of the star actually has like a tri- two triangles in each section. And that's the one he gives Sam in the movie. But all throughout the movie, he's carrying a shield that has no grooves inside the star. At least from my, like, trying to keep track of, because I'm trying to figure out this whole shield thing. And I was looking for it, and I noticed the grooves in the Sam shield that I didn't notice in the Cap shield. Yeah. So are you saying that the one that he gives Sam is a younger version of it? I'm saying that the one he gives Sam is from Captain America First Avenger, the very uh, first right. shield we That's see. The, here's what here's the you know, this was my original story about the shield is that Captain America just goes back and at any point where the shield is left alone, he just takes it. And then he lives his life uh with Peggy and so on. And he gives this the shield eventually to to Sam, and then tells Sam that eventually he's going to have to return that shield to exactly this location where he took it. And so, and that would work out totally fine. But what you would have is the shield that Sam has is a younger version of the shield that we've been seeing all this time, and so it cannot be damaged the way which you wouldn't expect this vibranium. Nothing really is going to hurt it. Um, but it can't be damaged the way that Captain's was by, by Thanos. And I'm still trying to figure out, I'm, I've been doing research, I cannot find out what kind of metal Thanos' sword is made from. All I can find is that it was designed to look completely balanced, sort of like the, the little knife thing that the he gives. The knife thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah. you know, they're, the helicopter blade is basically what it looks like. I was wondering if it's made out of Urdu, or Uru, however you say it, the same metal that is what they have at Nevedalir, 
because that seems like that is possible that that could destroy mm. but then no because Molnir is made out of that and Molnir hits the shield and the shield doesn't it bounces off, so right. it's some other special metal that we just do not know what it is I cannot find it I've been looking for it because I seriously wanted to know what could damage the vibranium shield yeah that's crazy but okay yeah, so that was taking well, it down on him that's one story you could tell and I don't think this is the story that the authors want. I, I really don't. Uh, after, after what they said. So what I think they want is that, that there's a branching view of time so that there's all these different branches that pop up whenever people make decisions and, and so on and so forth. So each time people pop into the universe, there's these split realities. And, and so we to keep track of this now here's something that's shitty this is what they want but when they tell us like we're going to space in 2024 we're going to new york in 2012 right right they're clear they say look new york 2012 well if you're gonna have alternative realities you need to tell us that we're going to alternate realities now you should say alternate reality new york 2012 that's informative. That would help the viewers piece this stuff together. So, but here's what I think they're going for. We have five different realities to keep track of. The main reality, which I call MCU, which is just, to my mind, our reality, just reality. There's the alternate New York 2012 reality where, and this occurs when Captain America, Ant-Man, um, Tony, and the Hulk arrive, Okay. They arrive in an alternate reality, New York, that had the exact same timeline as ours, except it didn't have them in it during that battle. Does that make sense? I'm I'm looking up in the sky. Like I'm like, wait, say that one more time. Okay, so um, a so there's a timeline. Our the main MCU timeline does not have Ant Man, Captain America, Hulk, Professor Hulk, and Iron Man appear in that tunnel in that or in that little side alley, right? That didn't happen, right? Got it. So they go to an alternate reality that had the exact same timeline up to that point, but that has them there. So they pop into okay. existence at that time. Okay. And now we have a new reality. And in this reality, uh Professor Hulk takes the Time Stone out of that reality. Ant-Man takes the Mind Stone out of that reality. And Loki disappears with the Tesseract in that reality. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then... That's okay. Okay. So that's one reality. This the, Another reality is the uh, alt... Well, let's just do this one. The, the alt-military base reality. The 1970 reality where Tony and Captain America appear, they take the Tesseract, the, the Space Stone, out of that reality, okay? And this is an alternate timeline in which he talks to his dad, presumably, which didn't happen, presumably didn't happen in the MCU reality. Right. We also get one, the Alt Asgard 2013 reality, where mm -hmm. he talks to his, uh, Thor talks to his mom. They pull the ether out of Jane and get the, the reality stone. And then the 
most interesting one where all the fun happens, you get the Alt-Morag 2014 reality. Here we get Nat dying. So notice that Nat dies on this view. Nat dies in an alternate reality. She doesn't die in the MCU reality. She dies in an alternate reality. But she's left the MCU reality, so she's gone from it. But she doesn't die in it. She dies elsewhere. And so they get the Soul Stone out of there, and they get the Power Stone out of here. You hit Quill upside the head, you get the Power Stone, everything's good. But there... This Nebula, Nebula 2023, the MCU one, is entangled with this Alt-Morag Nebula from 2014. And so Thanos gets all this information, right, and decides to go into not the future of his 2014 Alt-Morag, mm -hmm. but to the actual MCU reality where all the other heroes go. So the heroes don't go back into the past and take time stones out from the past. They go to other timelines and take reality stones out of those timelines and bring them to their timeline. Does that okay. make Okay. Oh yeah, no, that makes sense. Okay. Okay, so they've now got five infinity stones from these alternate realities. Now a big ass fight happens. Tony gets the gauntlet. Uh, Nebula from 2023, the MCU reality, kills not her previous self, but she kills a Nebula from the Alt-Morag reality from 2014. So right. she kills an alternate reality Nebula. Now, she, now no, no grandfather paradox is generated this way because you're not actually killing the causal predecessors of yourself, you're killing an alternate reality version of yourself. So Tony snaps his fingers. He kills the entire Thanos attack force, including Thanos. They are all from the Alt-Morag reality. They are not, that is not what I would call the real Thanos. He's another version of Thanos from the alternate uh reality so that gets rid of all the grandfather paradox no grandfather paradox okay. also it really nicely handles the other stuff because remember the ancient one was really concerned with i need my weapon you need to bring these back to our realities and so that's what captain does he goes to the 2012 new york reality he return he doesn't even have to have the mind stone in the form of the scepter he just fucking, all he has to do is fucking drop the fucking Mind Stone off, honestly. Right. And who knows what the fuck could go on in that reality? He could do whatever he wants with it as long as he drops it off in that reality. Honestly, if I was him, I would give it to the Ancient One. So he gives the Ancient One and uh, he gives the Time Stone to the Ancient One and he does whatever he wants with the, the Mind Stone. Again, I would give both of them to her. Um... And then he goes to to, to to 1970, gives just that one. drops this right. He just goes around dropping the stones off, and he doesn't care about the implications because these timelines are completely different. All they need is the weapon. That's all they care about, really. Um, and then he can jump to another reality where 
the way I like to think of it is he jumps to a reality, and this is like Rick and Morty kind of stuff. He jumps to a reality where he died in the plane crash, and so, and and was frozen in ice. He dies in that one, and in this reality, he just takes his place and then lives with Peggy. That way, he's not being rude by by living in bliss with Peggy while Capsicle is just frozen in ice. Yeah, right. Like yeah. he thought, yeah. And he can actually do some fighting there. He can do what he wants. If you if you assume just the single timeline, he kind of has to go under the radar or be like a secret agent or something. But right. this timeline, he could do whatever the fuck he wants. He could be as badass Cap as he wants. So so those are the two sort. Those are the oh and Molnir. He can actually keep Molnir if he wants in this reality. But that, but that would make him unworthy. Well. That just means that there's a Thor in two thousand in that two thousand thirteen reality that's missing his hammer, which is kind of the point that that the ancient one's saying, you're taking our weapons from us. We need it, right? So he could either drop it off in that reality or not if he wanted. So the big thing there's a couple of prompts I have with this type of view is that it's highly misleading. This isn't time travel, this is really multiverse travel. It's the stuff Rick and Morty does. Right. Yeah, you, you're not like, just going back Rick and time. Morty literally go to a... They go to a, another dimension in which Rick and Morty in that dimension dies, and they bury them, and they just assume their life there. So they're not even in their main timeline either, and that's basically what it looks like they did here in Avengers. Yeah. Okay. So that's one problem I have. The second... And like... Like I said, if they want to do this, then they should really give us markers. If you go into an alternate reality, tell us you're going there. That way we can follow the story instead of having to piece it together. The second thing I have is that, well, it, it's just that problem of you're not actually fighting the real Thanos. You're fighting a, an alternate reality Thanos. That's fine. Another problem is that, see... Right now, if there are multi-universes, well, right now, you and I have moral obligations to the people around us, right? We are supposed to try and be charitable, try and help people. Um, and if you have great power, then you have even more responsibility, a la, like Spider-Man, right? Well, we can't have moral responsibilities to people in other universes unless we can access those other universes, Right. And so I have no res I have no responsibility to any of these other possible versions of of people if I can't go there, right? Ought implies I can't. Well, now that they have access to these other timelines, that means they actually incur moral responsibilities, which means that they need to go to these other timelines and try and help out if they can like you could have captain marvel put on the gauntlet and go around snapping all the thanoses out of existence not the ones where he wins there also seems to be just like this deep sense of injustice now there's one million fourteen whatever there were like 14, 14 million, million 14 million timelines where thanos won and only one timeline where he didn't that's a deep injustice in the in the overarching universe now, you know? Right. And they have to try and fix that stuff, but I don't see how they can. 
how they actually, yeah. Goodness, goodness, goodness. It's tough. Like, it kind of, like, once you start digging in, it kind of makes things a little bit like, aww. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because you kind of want to just be on the face value. Okay, I see how they do it. They just get them, and then they put them back. You know what I mean? So it's like, all right, that's easy. Yeah. Well, those are two theories. I think what you could also do, which I kind of like, is to try and do, like, a hybrid. Like, you could say... Okay, you got these alternate timelines. I'm going to accept the Loki timeline as alternate. I'm going to accept the um, the 1971. But the Morag, I think I can just explain that in a normal way so that that's still part of my timeline and that it's actually Thanos, the MCU Thanos we've been following that is actually killed twice but resurrected in the past. So you could like play with this and see which ones you think are super consistent or what. Because um, if they can take you to different timelines, they could certainly take you to your own MCU timeline as well. But yeah, so that's my that's my view on the time travel here. You have basically two a, a bunch of different stories that are consistent with, with what we've been shown. But I think the authors really want you to prefer that second version that I, that I laid out. How you feel? <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's, there's a lot to unpack. Cause it's like, yeah, you know, cause you want it. I, like, I, I, like I do want to go back to just thinking that, but then now, now it's all fucking, my head is open now, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like now I, I cause like, Cause that that was the one thing I did. I was I tripped out when it was like, all right, hold on, how the fuck is Nebula gonna kill her younger self yeah. and still be Nebula in the older? Because wouldn't you, if you shoot your younger self in an older or yeah, an older timeline, you would then cease to exist in a sense, right? Well, it's well, it's it's if you're not in a world where resurrection can happen and and, uh, and i think a couple like other weird, weird things right if you're in a world like ours then you can't go back and kill yourself it's logically impossible to go back and kill yourself you this is where the paradox actually lies is that it looks like there shouldn't be any problem you got a gun there's a baby right. version of you babies mm-hmm. suck at defending themselves you got the your, your bullets are fine. The gun is clean. You know how to shoot. It doesn't look like there should be any reason why you can't kill it. Right. But logically, if you did kill it, you wouldn't exist to be able to go back to kill it. And kill it. Right. Yeah. So the way I like to view this is, is that if we assume all the logically possible worlds are, are out there, this is a view like David Lewis championed, that they're, they're all there. All the logically possible worlds are out there. The worlds where you kill yourself as a as an infant are impossible, so though there is no such world. And so there are very, very bizarre and highly, highly improbable worlds where you hire an army of ninjas to try and kill a baby version of you in the past, and they all fail. That's logically possible, although highly improbable. But there never is a world where you do kill yourself as an infant, and so that's just it just doesn't exist. It's just not a possibility. It never happens. Right. Um, yeah. That's so, crazy, man. Yeah, you should be, like, bugged out when she shot. I was like, what the fuck? She shot her younger self. That, But but it's cool because we are in a world where resurrection is possible in that, in that, uh, in the MCU. Or 
if you take the, the, the alternate timeline theory, right, that she didn't actually kill a younger version of herself, she just killed an alternate version of herself. That's to- both both of these views are totally consistent. Sort of. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Both of them have, both of them also have this uh, kind of not like not completely satisfying. If it's alternate Thanos that we killed, who gives a fuck? But if I also had to resurrect the real Thanos in the past, that also isn't quite as satisfying as just snapping him out of existence, you know? Right. Because you want to fuck. And and because yeah. you want to fuck up the one that did what he did, exactly. not some alternate, you know. Yeah. If it's the alternate Thanos, it's like, well, he actually didn't kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of messed up. <laughs> right. It's like the Minority Report. Report. It's killing somebody <laughs> right. before they commit a crime. Does he deserve it? Right. I mean, definitely is going to if he gets a hold of that. Sure. But but you're not really avenging anymore. You're, you're more, prevenging. You are actually. You're prevenging. You prevented like him that. from. <laughs> you prevented him from from snapping out. Uh, what do you say? Stripping everything down to its atoms. atoms yeah. And that was his plan. Yeah, and you prevented you prevented that from happening. Yeah. So they're both a little unsatisfying, but but. But at the same time, we still enjoy the mo- movie, and right, it's right. just like... You don't care. You just look right past it, and you yeah. just, fucking Captain, get the hammer. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? I it, mean, and it's... yeah, like, you get to the place, like, the, so the, between the first and the third watching of it and listening to Tree work all this stuff out, there were times when I was just like, oh, I don't think I like, you know, like, I don't like it anymore. And then we watched it last night, and I was like, fuck all that shit. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah, because you, because when you go in, and, and and I know that that's what's gonna happen. Like when I when I'm when I'm watching it now, when I watch it on Sunday, I'm gonna look at it like, okay, well, this, this, this. But I'm a, at some point, I'm be like, man, fuck all that bullshit. I'm gonna just watch this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's do this. You know, that's blow like, shit up and. Because most of the movie isn't. Most of the movie is just fun and interesting and. Right. You don't have to think about this stuff. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And so then I have the question of Spider-Man. What what about him? Okay, so at the end of the movie, he come, you know, at the end of the movie everybody's mourning and shit. He goes and he sees his homie that was sna- I mean obviously Ned was snapped at the same time as him. Yeah. But you're trying to tell me that everybody that's in the new movie Spider-Man, like all the kids that we know Basically, it's exactly what I was saying as we were walking out. I was like, so just all the significant characters of Spider-Man all got snapped because they're all the same age. I mean, presumably all the high school kids have to have that are that are his friends have to have snapped. Yeah. His aunt could have lived or not lived and, you know, she could have aged 5 years or not aged 5 years. You know, she keeps herself in good shape. You know, she she could have aged five years and, you know, not notice it that much. But, yeah, basically that's what they're doing with uh, Far From Home is that basically they have ha- had to have all gotten snapped. And yeah, so now, like right now, they're going to high school with the kids that they knew that got snapped and the ones that were five years younger than them are now right. their same age, technically. They're going yeah. to school with those people right now. Yeah, all those kids that they were like, man, I hate this kid. Uh, it's the fifth yeah, graders the, talking shit to the old kids, and you know somebody got held back five years. <laughs> yeah, right. So a little bit awkward, but yep, that's basically what happens there. Like I kind of wish they started. hadn't resi- re- uh, issued 
the the trailer like marvel didn't want sony to issue their trailer out as early as they did because they didn't want you to have any expectations of what happens in endgame but Mm. you know you see it you don't see stark you see nick fury and you see hap you know in the trailer so obviously they come back or we don't know if well in the movie you can't tell if hap got snapped but what they left on the cutting room floor hap did not get snapped so you know whatever they 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 revealed too much when they did that but also it it just makes it like you basically have to say that just like the guardians where all of them but one got snapped everybody that spider-man has an interaction with in his school got snapped except all yeah except all the the flunky kids that they didn't give a shit about right kind of his theme though right anybody i (laughs) anybody that uh that knows about me or or I I love ends up getting killed or <laughs> right 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 that is yeah you're right it's just I I think you could probably calculate the probability there and it it would probably be I I like I don't necessarily trust myself on these things so it could actually be that the probability is higher than we might think that a lot of the people that yeah yeah that all of oh, his because mil- millions of people got snapped. We, yeah. I mean, but we're yeah. just kind of thinking about the ones that that we know. You know. Yeah, yeah. It could be that more than half of that that high school got snapped. Right. I mean, could... after Infinity Wars, I clicked on the thing, and between Tree and me, I survived, and he got snapped. So fifty percent. I was alive. Yeah, I stayed. I stayed alive. So I was staying alive. So our show could have kept going on. We wouldn't. Yeah, so we, wouldn't have... we just wouldn't have all the brains and you know <laughs> timeline type shit. <laughs> all right, so that's the time travel or possible world stuff. Now we can get back into parts of the movie or whatever that we yeah. super duper loved. Again, like I didn't know I was going to be super excited about Captain America wielding Mjolnir. I loved the braided beard that they gave thor yeah. when he when oh he, yeah that, that was braided tired, beard because right? it's like off the side it's like french braid off the side of each of his jaw and then it goes down straight and like that looks badass i also turned around a little bit on ant-man i did you know i haven't really cared much about him but when he was giant man i was super excited when he squashed the black dwarf uh like i Kill screamed me. out for that saved hulk and yeah, he, like he he came through, so like I got excited about that. Uh, Okoye was the one who killed Corvus. Cor- Corvus. Corvus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was about to say Clovis. And did you see? Did, could you see Howard the Duck in the fight? I did not. You didn't. Was I, he in there? He was in. So I didn't. I couldn't tell in the movie, but I saw the the screenshot of it because Brandon showed it to me. He what? he's right there next to the Ravagers when the Ravagers come through the the right. sparkly glowy circles. He's next to the Ravagers. When I so I saw that the other day, and then we went to go see it last night. I was looking for him, but it happened so fast I couldn't see him. I don't know who Hawkeye that fucking image, but they yeah they could see him. I don't know why the Ravagers were there because there's it didn't really make any sense that anybody, like anybody from the sorcerer group would like know to contact the fucking Ravagers. Right, but um. Uh, Q, so it looks like Q's probably not going to make it because uh, he hasn't messaged me again. But um, but Q had an idea where he was upset that, that Itri didn't join the fight because he could have been squashing people too. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, and it, it, yeah, and there was just, yeah, yeah I mean, I, it's funny because, I mean, there are some things that you'd be like, well, they could have done this and they could have done that, but. 
I don't know, man. But this is very close to my. It's not exactly, of course, but it's very close to my theory. Do you remember in our in our last episode? Yeah. I had yeah. the fa- my fantasy theory was that over the course of the five years that between the snapping and the saving, that all these powered people started popping up, and that we might see, you know, like there might have been She Hulk somewhere popping up, or at least in si- silhouette, or you know, Miss Marvel. Like we might have seen the 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 size and shape of certain characters that we like, so that when he says Avengers Assemble and they pull back on him, which they almost did, how I described, like you're focused in on Cap saying it, and as you pull back, you get to see this expanse of all these powered people. And in this case, what they delivered us was pow- was people that we have known in the MCU you and not my you know the fantasy league that i was developing but it was so satisfying and to get that close like it wasn't even a bad you know like sometimes if we could have guessed this film we might have been upset that that it was too predictable but in this case like it was we were close enough because we're fans enough and we know what kind of had to happen what kind of needed to happen but it, but it gave it to us in a way that we weren't expecting and so to get that close but not right it was really nice right 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 it, it made me feel like as a fan i've been paying close enough attention to understand like thematically like some of the stuff that should happen and blah 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 blah, blah. leading into our our theories I was not on board for Tony dying because I was hoping that he would continue on in sort of like a, you know, advisory role in in Avengers or Shield or whatever ends up being, right? right? But then that last night when we when we reviewed it with Brandon, in the episode I come around and I'm like, "You know what? I'm I'm okay if 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 Iron Man dies because this has been his saga and as long as he gets a warrior's death, you know, I could be I could be satisfied." And I'm going back through our notes from last week and it's like it's like Charmaine's second gauntlet theory. And they had a second gauntlet. Right, right. Uh, I just wasn't right about how they did it. It wasn't the Milano and the Neva Delir. It was a Tony Stark gauntlet. Tony reels the gauntlet. Okay, boom. I got I got close to that. But I did I was thinking it was a vibranium or a never delir gauntlet. Uh, but I still got close to it. The shit ton of Avengers thing. That was one that All I right. was okay with. Knowing that it wouldn't be Thor. Like, things like that. Like, I'm okay that I got close in those kinds of things. Right. But I really, like, when it was getting close and we knew it was going to be Tony, I, of course, I cried like a baby every four times that I've seen it. But I wasn't crying in, like, a grief situation. I was crying in, like, that's exactly how you close his loop. His story arc, if you if you think of Tony from the beginning to to, to who he was at the end... Like it was consistent. He would, he, you know, failed and then learned and tried and improved and failed and then learned and tried and improved. And by the end, that was as far, you know, he was, he, he was, I mean, he could have wielded the gauntlet at that point. Like he could have wielded the Molnir at that point. He was fully worthy of everything. And it was such a good sacrifice. It was such a satisfying for me, even though it's like, it's not a punching warrior's death. Right. It's a warrior's debt. Like, it closed his thing so well. So, like, yeah, I cried like a baby, but at the same time, I'm completely okay with what they did with him. Right. And 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 it, the way that they, what I loved about it, the way that they did it, was it, they showed you who was, like, how fuck, how fucking hard it was for even Hulk to, to have the gauntlet on right. and go through all that power surge and shit so that you knew that, he knew what was going to happen. And when he grabbed that shit and he said, this is it. And when, 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 um, uh, Dr. Strange said he could tell him, but he, he had to give him that little bit of nod, right? That, yeah. that little, you, the, you, the one, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
Did you think that perfect. when Hulk held the gauntlet, it took that long for the power, you know, the power, he was dealing with the power. Do you think it took him that long because he was actively trying to bring back Nat and it wasn't you know, like he, he could tell it wasn't working. And so he was holding on till as long as he possibly could before he finally snapped. You know, I, you, I don't know. Maybe that was in his mind and maybe it was because he has two minds that are coming together that maybe that that's why. You know how, because it says you have to have the you have to have the thought, the understanding, the intention of what you were gonna snap, right? Mm -hmm. And they kept telling, all right, you're gonna snap to people today, blah blah blah, this and that. Um, and I felt as though maybe, yeah, maybe he had alternate thoughts of what he wanted. Like, okay, I know I have to do this, but also I there are certain things that I need, that I want to do for me. Yeah, you know, what I'm saying? I feel or for us. Like he does say to Cap towards the end, he's like, I tried to bring her back. I tried to bring her back or whatever. Right. But um, I felt like, because like Thanos didn't take as long to absorb that power. And, and yet, but like Hulk was really like, that scene went on for a really long time to try to get him um, ready to, to make his snap. Uh, but I I, th I thought it looked pretty cool. I thought it sparked a lot with all those colors because it wasn't made out of Urdu or vibranium or something strong. You know, it was just right. stark was nanotech just, or whatever. That's some regular shit. And I think it's like biology, uh, biological nanobites, I think, because that's something that they have going on in, in uh, the Black Panther books right now, where it's like a, it's a biological nanobot nano of some sort. Nanobot. That I was wondering if that's what was going on there. Uh, how do you feel about Cap going back? Do you think do you think that Cap is still worthy of wielding Molnir if he goes back? If in his belief he's going back in time to stay with Peggy, not necessarily that he's doing a possible world situation. He don't no. know what he's experiencing. I don't. I don't think so because I feel as though Cap was always about the greater good. Yeah, you know I mean, mm -hmm. like he was a he, everybody was above him, and he was there. He was a soldier. He was there to do what needs to be happening, you know, do what needs to be done when it needs to be done, mm -hmm. regardless of what his out, you know, what it's going to, you know, what's going to happen to him. And I feel as though it's weird to have him so caught up in the one thing that would make him happy. But on this, in the same vein of that, I am okay with that because he's done so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and he's given up so much that it's kind of like, you know, I don't think that that's something that he would do, the real calf would do, but, man, just get that, just, man, just let that nigga go get some of that thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, he left all that, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, he's not of this era, and we have to understand that, and so, you know, if he had to go and do all of those things, it was okay that he was like, you know what, I'm doing all this stuff to, to right my wrongs and all that stuff, and Maybe he also thought that if I am Captain America, then, you know, then the reality is that, you know, that shit is still going to happen again. You know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I just, I, 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 you know, you said that. I, you think that he may hit, he may go back and be with her. And I, you know, I, I, I'm okay with it. I just feel as though he's, it's more of a selfish thing. And, I, and it sucks to say it that way because it's, you know, it's cat, but that was more of a thing specifically for him and not for, the greater good you know yeah. what i mean yeah i think this does depend on like this is one of those things that can help you decide between the two views that we're talking about if it's just the one timeline 
first of all, he has to give Molnir back. Yeah. Otherwise, fuck everything up. Um, second, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to be under the radar. So he could just live a quiet life with Peggy. Peggy could live a crazy life doing spy shit, but he has to live pretty quiet. But if you take the alternate universe thing, a he could wield Molnir the whole time, and B he could he could be as Captain America as he wants in that in that alternate timeline. Right. So he could be. So I would say, on the first one, if he does go back and live a nice, calm, peaceful life, he skirted his responsibilities, mm-hmm. and he's not worthy. But right. on this one, yeah, hundred percent, he could still remain worthy, still be doing doing Captain shit. Right. So my thing right. is, I even though I know that that's not what happens based off of Joe and based off of what uh, Joe Russo and based off of what Tria said. I still kind of want it to be the the main MCU timeline because I want the real Thanos or whatever to be the one that dies, right? Um multiple right. times. So right. if that's if 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 I'm if I'm just like blindly sticking to that or whatever, then I think he's completely unworthy. And he's because he's got to lay low and all that kind of stuff. But what one thing that I like about that is that in Winter Soldier, or is it Winter Soldier or Civil War? Civil War, when he learns that Peggy dies, well, before he before she dies, and he visits her in the hospital, or whatever movie it was that he visits her in the hospital, and she talks right. about how she had a husband and family and stuff like that, and you don't see a picture of the husband, that she's a super-duper spy who has kept that secret so long that even when young, you know, in the future... Cap comes to her, she keeps it right. from him because she knows she has to, and she's like not, you know, she doesn't have amnesia or, or dementia or anything like that. She knows exactly what she's doing, but she's still gonna do it. I like, mm-hmm. I like that that makes her more awesome, even if it doesn't make Cap awesome. It's like a weird little thing that I care about because, like, right. you know, like Cap was never my my main go to guy, but you know, I kind of like Peggy. I like the idea behind her, and if if she's like that kind of level of super spy that even the person she's the closest to, she would keep that secret for the great. Like in her case, it's for the greater good. I kind of right. like it. Yeah. I like yeah. I like yeah. that for that. But like again, I don't know if that's necessarily. That's more of like a weird, random, selfish thing. Right. But um Yeah. So overall overall thoughts and feelings. What uh we'll co- we'll go ahead and start to wrap this up. Overall thoughts and feelings, how do you feel about the movie and what do you want to see for the second saga of the MCU? Um overall thoughts of the movie, I thought that shit was was awesome. I didn't I did it was no lull, there was no you know, like you know, I'm I'm in there. Um, I was by myself. Be, uh, you know, uh, beans and rice was with me, and they sat. They were there for the whole shit through the whole movie. Didn't no bathroom breaks. No bathroom breaks. Nothing. They were they were, and so that that to me shows you that that shit was was going hard from the jump, and the girls were there for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and um, yeah. I mean, when you walked out, I just was like, okay, that's just yeah. That was that was a hit everything that I wanted to hit hit things I didn't know I needed it to hit mm-hmm. hit uh you know um I I you know I mean that I, that's it hit 
all the shit. That's all I really can say. Is it it was a ten out of ten. Um and the and you know, I feel as though and I'm just, this is just a a side note. This is I'm done with my feelings of the movie, but I was think I was gonna say is, you know, I feel like there's a nod to Disney uh with that rat coming in or the mouse coming in and, and pretty much saving the whole universe when oh. he was when he was in the van Funny. and pressed the buttons. And uh and and I mean I'm okay with that. Uh I if if you know, obviously it's a rat, but <laughs> you know, it's all it's all good. I think that, that that if that if that never happened, we'd be chilling, you know what I mean? Because he has to come back to tell us look about all the GPS and the, the time and the uh, quantums and all that extra shit, you know? Mm-hmm. That's funny. I didn't even think about that. I, I thought that that was kind of the most forced <laughs> moment to have like a rat be the reason why um, it it came back, but um, right. Uh, but that's but that's funny. That's a funny take. I didn't. I hadn't. I didn't think of that. <laughs> it was like. Like Disney Disney took over. Okay, it's our shit. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. That's funny. What about you, babe? Ten out of ten for me. I uh... even as he's tried to ruin it with with the academics. <laughs> I don't view myself as ruining it. I'm just kidding, babe. <laughs> no, for me, for me, the time travel. It, I wanted it to. I wanted to. I want a consistent story. I want a good story. So. I think the only my only thing is just that they could have told us which timelines we were on. Other than that, I'm like, I'm fine. I I love. I just, man, Tony Stark's death is just. It's just. It was beautiful, you know. You just right, right. Like honestly, now I. So after the third time watching it, I was like, I'm not sure that I need to see it right away anymore. Like it was a lot in a, over the course of a weekend, but then by yesterday i desperately wanted to see it again like i i i needed to see again now that i've seen it four times in the theater i'm at a place where i'm like hey marvel hey disney i've given you my money multiple times can i just get a view of a a digital download that no one else can that i can't share that whatever (laughs) so that i can just watch the it like the third act i just want to watch the third act over and over and over again it was so it was man it was amazing bro but yeah like i like i was saying is that when he snaps and he knows that that's going to you know what i mean what's going to what's going to happen and he and he and he dies like that it's like damn son that was that was that was a warrior's death that's what i've been it talking really about really was man really was and to think like it's so weird because i you know i was saying on our review that i thought people it would be too hard on people to lose cap in comparison to losing tony because i feel like the mass fan probably really you know goes in hard for chris evans mm-hmm. version of cap um man for me it, you know what it felt like the whole time i i and i even i think i even looked over and said this i was like they made this movie for me like, like it was right. like they made this movie specifically for me. This was how I needed to see this movie. Like everything that I wanted and didn't know I wanted, and you know, needed and didn't know I needed. Like all of those things happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even you know, w- you know, we haven't talked about the fact that Black Riddle also sacrificed. And again, as much as I dislike Hawkeye and would have liked for him to be the sacrifice, uh, it's so much better of a sacrifice being 
Nat because she had right. read in her ledger and she needed to wipe it out. Like, there's a lot of people that are just like, the movie was great except for fuck that shit with Black Widow or whatever. Of course, right. Hawkeye had to die. But if Hawkeye died, we wouldn't have been as gut. Like, it wouldn't have. Like, Hulk, like Professor Hulk says, we need to make this count. Right. Because of her sacrifice, we need to make this count. And yeah, because we'd be like, whatever, dog. Yeah, like if it was Hawkeye, you'd be like, you know that nigga that's not always with us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't even in our last movie. You know Why what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> yeah. who cares? Uh, but Scarlet, Scarlet's crazy. been there since Iron Man Two. Like, she hasn't been there as long as Hawkeye, but she's been in more movies. Um, you know, chronologically, she hasn't been here as long as Hawkeye, but. Um, She's been in more movies. We care more about her, number one. And again, it's a story of redemption. A person who basically, as long as we've known her, she's been redeemed to, you know, in my mind, of anything she may have done pre previous to S.H.I.E.L.D. But she's adaptable if if a situation, as she's confronted with a situation and it's, you know, she thinks about it before she makes a decision. Like she sided with Tony in civil war because she did think there needed to be checks and balances uh, because she's a person who if unchecked could potentially go down a, a dark path you know so like everything again in her arc same thing everything she did brought her to that last moment where she, she even says you think i want to do it right, right. but somebody's got to do it and i have been tr i've been fighting this fight for five years and this is the way i'm gonna succeed so I mean, all due respect to her, too. Like, I, I feel that it is more of a gut punch with Tony because that's the last death you experience. And it's, you know, it's the one that that they really drive home at the end. But it, it's a it's a that was a that was a double fisted sacrifice situation right. with, without sat down with the red skull until I fell in love with him and then tossed his ass. off. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, come here, man. We need to talk. How, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> you looking good with all that red. But yeah, like I, I'm just so happy with it. I, I think it was a great way to close out a song. It's so weird to think that Far From Home is actually officially the last movie of Phase Three. But as far as I'm concerned, this is the end. Like this was the end. Yeah, right. Really, the next Spider-Man's the really. They count it as the end because they haven't announced anything that they're doing in Phase Four or on. After that point, which you know, have anything to do with the Infinity Stones, though, right? It won't. It shouldn't. It certainly shouldn't. But it, you know, it's 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 basically right. taking place yeah. immediately following, or like the summer or whatever, following the events of Endgame, is is the timeline that it's supposed to pop in at. I don't think it's going to tease the next big bad necessarily, not inside the movie, because that's a pretty big thing, because officially it's a Sony movie, not necessarily an MCU movie. So that's kind of a strange deal right there. But, you know, for all the things that we've been hoping as fans of what we're going to see in terms of Phase 4 and on, we're not going to see another Avengers movie at minimum seven or eight years from what they've talked about. And so, because they're going to have to develop all new characters primarily. And the the deal with the Fantastic Four is still that Universal has to release, has to distribute. So I don't know if that means that Marvel has a say in using fantastic four but it's the one part of the deal of all those deals that didn't cross all the way over to marvel so marvel doesn't have full control over fantastic four so i don't know if we're gonna see galactus or silver surfer or doom Damn. i just i just found that out today so it's, it's they have the, that's weird to me it's weird right 
But basically, because of the wording of those original deals, the one with Fox, the one with Sony, and the one with Universal, um, Sony and Universal had wording such as, as long as you make a property with these characters every four years, you can maintain that character. You can maintain those characters. If you don't do it within the four years, it reverts back to Marvel. Because at the time that they wrote these deals, Marvel didn't know they were ever going to be able to make successful enough movies to actually Mm -hmm. be its own studio. Fox deal, however, was a lot different. Fox deal was like, you got these characters, but then Fox failed. Like, the organization failed. They couldn't sustain without being bought out. So it was just like, abandon ship, abandon ship. Hey, take your X-Men back. You know, and so this whole time that we've been thinking we're probably not going to get X-Men right away, we're probably going to get Fantastic Four right away. The deals are written in such a way that it's more likely that we'll get X-Men characters before we get fantastic four unless they've worked something out that they haven't shared publicly and and because they're trying to hide what they're going to do for phase four i don't know i because i think there's a little bit of that because i i from what i mean i know sony and that's why sony was every time they were like all right fuck it let's just get a new spider-man because i know that it was like every four years you have to do something Mm -hmm. or you give it back to us Mm -hmm. um but i i felt as though they because they've talked about fantastic four coming back and how they how they would like that and and you have you can't you can't sleep on Doctor Doom, you know what I'm saying, and 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 the specific baddies that are in those, you know, in that Fantastic Four franchise and area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, yeah. yeah, they have to. They're gonna have to do some shit because people want to see all of that now. You know what I mean? They like you've already sh- shown us, you can, you can you can give us real life versions of the characters that we love, uh, you know, as book readers. Like I think, and, and, you know, like on Brandon's show the other day, they were talking about that. Essentially Iron Man in the books now is Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark. They, they've changed his look a little bit to look more like Tony. His cadence Mm -hmm. in the, in the way he talks is a lot more like Tony, like uh, RDJ. And, and so like these movies have now informed the books themselves and uh and so to 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 think that like you can actually make these characters and they're gonna be they're gonna be coming from actors that we're gonna super duper love like i don't think chadwick boseman's black panther t'challa mimics the books very much at least not the most recent books that i've Mm -hmm. happened to read so you know maybe his performance will be so amazing that t'challa will start being more of this kind of softer more you know i don't know what we're gonna see and i don't know if we're not even gonna get if like phase four is just gonna be new intro movies without the plan where we don't get to see what the plan is gonna be because you're gonna get black black widow next year probably black panther is 2021 i think you know so who knows i don't know I don't know what we're going to see, but um, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited about Valkyrie being queen now because maybe we do get a Valkyrie movie. She could certainly hold her own movie. Right. Um, there's a she lot is of... a cutie. She is a cutie, man. She's so beautiful. And also, where the fuck did she find a Pegasus? That was fucking awesome. She and just... I like that shit. And she was just, first off, man, give that nigga a... Uh... Uh, Black Panther, why he looking like a like a running back out that motherfucker, man? They say, give me the gauntlet. He was running around like that. He was stiff arming motherfuckers, man. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, the Pegasus was tight. I I 
That was tight. There was so many times when those when those uh window when those little sparkly glowy circles started opening up. Like I was I like the another Easter egg, Sam saying to your left to Cap that's yes, or on yes, your yes, left. Yes, that's yes. obviously mentioned the first time they met. Um but when on their one on his left was T'Challa, Okoye, and Shuri, I was like motherfucking yes like you know yes they can be the next the first people out the gate like, you know and then you see valkyrie just fly through on a pegasus and you're like where the fuck have the pegasus been all this whole time you know like you know we get but to see they... them in valkyrie in uh thor yeah, ragnarok but... but you see them as a flashback as a memory you know you don't see them as like you don't think that there's just pegasus roaming around Right. So it was, oh gosh, there's so many things. There's so many like moments, uh, but I know we're, we're running long now. Uh, there's just so many moments that I was so excited about, but uh, overwhelmingly super excited. I guess we didn't rate it. Tr- uh, tree rated it. What, what's your, what's your 10? What's your out of 10? Yeah. My shit. Yeah. My shit is 10. My shit is 10. Yeah. There, there was, yeah. I'm gonna have to go there too. Like, and the funny thing is, I actually do think Infinity War is a better movie. Well, okay, but I feel more feelings about this movie. So this is my ten out of ten, and Infinity War is like my nine point five or whatever. Yeah, because Infinity Infinity War, (laughs) the end of it was like fuck you. Actually, somebody and said that in one of our views. Like, right. Fuck yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, that's perfect. That's a perfect, yeah. That's so yep. funny. Well, on that note, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Just No, nothing. I love you 3,000. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's the shit. I like that, man. I love you 3,000. So there it is. There it is. Mommy made me mash my M&M. Mm-hmm. Nom, 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 nom. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Blurred Comics is a main Hustle Media podcast, co-hosted by Mixed Girl Maine and Blurred Vision, produced and edited by Charmaine Johnson. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.